0: Hello, hello everyone, and welcome to a new episode of r slash Entitled Parents. Today, we're not going to be reading on that subreddit, but instead we're going to be reading on r slash true scary stories. So, these my sister picked out for me, very generously, and, um, picked out five again. So, kind of excited to do this. Um, for the first story's title is Creepy Middle School Experience. The story begins with when I was in sixth grade and eleven years old. Me and my best friend, who is still my best friend many, many years later, had a crazy experience. We attempted the biggest um, enrollment-wise middle school in our state. Because of this, half of our classes were in portables. If you don't know what that is, it's basically a little single room trailer that you walk outside to get to get to get to and have your class. We have several around our school campus. Class had ended, and it was lunchtime. My friend and I were last to leave, Mrs. K, our teacher, was still sitting at her desk in the classroom, a K portable, grading papers. We walked back into the school, leisurely, I'll admit, but as we live in a rainy state, it was indeed raining. We didn't go that slow. Um, when we walked to the nearest door in the school, chatting about middle school things, we saw our teacher, the same one we left in the portable, exit out the teacher's lounge door. She walked. She walked out and turned the corner to the cafeteria. Uh, me and my friend looked at each other like, "What the frick?" There were other doors to get into the school, of course, but that would mean a woman in her fifties and sixties a woman in her fifties to sixties would have needed to literally sprint to the next nearest door, come in, go into the teachers' lounge, and then come right out in front of us. Uh, potentially possible, but very unlikely. She obviously didn't pass us on the path, as no one else was outside. Also the path to the next nearest door was still in our visual. We clearly would have noticed something else. We clearly would have noticed someone else walking, let alone running. We were the only ones outside. Got, got goosebumps and still do writing about it. My friends and I still talk about it and how crazy it was. We joked around at the time that it must be a witch because we didn't like her all that much. But we still remember it in the same day. At the time, we definitely thought it was creepy, but as we were kids, we didn't dwell on it a lot definitely was not another teacher it was the largest school but it, it was the largest school but only because our city hasn't kept up on the population it didn't mean there were hundreds of teachers here far from it she was also wearing the same clothes i still don't know what it is or how it happened but yeah unexplainable and creepy i mean the only comment like this was posted 2 hours ago and the only comment that they left somebody left was r slash glitch in the matrix so that might be true okay next story is from r slash true story stories um also if you couldn't tell i'm sort of making this episode and like theme for um or spooktober so oh no i I clicked off (laughs) okay i think i found it again okay um yeah i'm trying to make this like October or spooktober themed um uh, so yeah the next story is called my auntie's old house has a ghost the story begins with this story is about my auntie my mom's sister her partner and their daughter they moved into their home in the early 90s it was built back in the 1930s and had not had any major work done to it before they bought it first plan of that was the first plan of action for my auntie's partner was to knock down some of the walls on the ground floor to open it up, and to fix all the ceilings in the bedrooms on the first floor. There was a leak in the roof which meant that all the ceilings were warped and bowed with mar- and marked with damp, so we ripped all that off until it was just exposed rafters, and then put a whole new ceiling boards up. This meant that while this work was being done, the loft space was completely empty. Once all the work was done and they could make the house their own, they had a good few months of lovely new home vibes, but one night my auntie woke up in the middle of the night to the sound of someone closing the kitchen cupboard doors quite loudly. Not slamming them shut, but more like someone not bothering to take into account that everyone else was asleep. Um, her partner was asleep next to her, so she assumed it was my cousin pottering around on there. My cousin was around 15 at the time, so it didn't surprise my auntie that she, that, um, that she, exactly, that she wasn't exactly considerate when getting her late-night snacks. She muttered a few words of annoyance and went back to sleep. The banging of doors continued sporadically for the rest of the night. The next morning, my auntie goes downstairs, quite tired from not sleeping too well because of the noise, to find my cousin eating her breakfast at the kitchen table. The auntie says, I'm surprised you're up so early, considering you're banging around all the place last night, my auntie says to my cousin. What do you mean? says my cousin. I didn't get up once last night. I slept right through. My auntie then gets this wave of panic. Who was banging around down there? There's no sign of of anything being put out of place or disturbed, and all the perimeter doors and windows are locked and undamaged. After a bit of arguing between them about who was walking around, with no one owning up to it, my auntie comes to the conclusion that it must have been a particularly vivid dream and they go about their day. A few weeks pass and it happens again. My auntie is awoken in the middle of the night by the occasional sound of cupboard doors banging shut in the kitchen. So this time, she gets up and goes to downstairs to investigate. Nothing. No one is awake and nothing looks out of place. My auntie is being carried through the house because it's always much quieter at night and easier to hear things. But this gets dismissed when my auntie's partner points out that they are semi-detached, they are semi and the neighbor's kitchen is on the wrong side of the house for that to be the cause of the noise. bang is definitely coming from below them, in their kitchen, rather than off to the other side of the house, where the neighbor's kitchen would be. When I, I have to look behind me, I'm starting to get scared by this story. <laughs> I feel like there's just a ghost behind me. Let's fight! Yeah, I probably can't see a ghost, anyways. Any- anyways, um, i reading the story begins with anyway, um, anyway, this carries on for a good while. Every week or so, there comes a night where one of them is woken by the sporadic banging. They go to investigate, nothing. Back to bed, and it starts again until morning. Now, the quick digression. My auntie sometimes goes to a medium. She goes to see if she can get messages from relatives who have passed on. Sometimes she gets told some spooky, accurate stuff. Other times, it's way off the mark. Anyway, one time she goes to see. Anyway, one time she goes to see one, and this this is deep during this period of when the banging is going on. But she doesn't mention any of this to the medium. She always very careful to not say anything or give away any visual clues to whichever medium she's seeing. Cause she wants to believe, and all that, and doesn't want. Um, that niggling niggling doubt that she fed the medium answers. She's got a great poker face. The medium is talking to her about her messages they're receiving. Stuff about her career, her partner, which turned out to be t- which turned out to be true, cheating dirtbag. And then the medium randomly starts talking about her house. Oh, she's been there for a while now, but there's something there's someone in the house who is not happy. Someone who doesn't like what they have done to the layout. My auntie is confused. She assumes that the medium is talking about her partner or my cousin, but the medium continues. Check the loft. The medium says there is something in the loft. Now this creeps out my auntie even more. She knows that nothing is in the loft. they would never gone up there since moving in because everything was put into the garage when they arrived, so that her partner could redo the ceilings. And if they have never gone round to moving all that stuff from the garage to the loft, Christmas decorations, etc. Okay, getting away from the story real quick, um, I'm seriously scared. I feel like I just heard something. Um, it's probably my cat, but I-, I feel like I just heard something, I'm kinda scared. Anyway, the story continues with, so, she goes home and tells her partner about how there's supposed to be something in the loft, but not about what she was told about him cheating on her one day, self-fulfilling, pro- self-fulfilling prophecy and all that. And he gets the ladder and goes up there. There's a period of quiet while he looks around and with a, t- with a torch. And then, holy crap. He comes back down the ladder, clutching a piece of paper. I found this lying on one of the rafters, he says. It's a photograph. A black and white photograph of a woman in her 50s. And she looks like, mad in this photo. Very stern. It gives them all the creeps, especially when my auntie's partner insists that there was no way it could have been there when he found it, as it would have been seen back when he was redoing all the ceilings. They cannot work out. They cannot work it out, so my auntie rings the old owner. They have a chat, and my auntie describes the woman in the photo. The old owner is able to deduce that it's a picture of his mom. Turns out she died in that house back in the 80s, and he inherited it and continued to live there until he sold it to my auntie's family. This now gives my auntie a serious case of the heebie-jeebies. She puts the phone down, and then says out loud that she's sorry if the new layout isn't to the old lady's liking, but they just have to get on with it now. A few nights pass, and there's no more noises, but then they are all awoken again by the most awful sound of pots and pans being thrown to the floor. They run downstairs, but there's nothing to account for what just caused the noise, but my auntie describes it like no noise she's ever heard before or since. Just awful. She scans the kitchen counter. Where's the photo of the old woman, she asks. Her partner tells her that he threw it away that morning. My entourage erupts. Get that photo out of the bin now. He He doubtfully retrieves it. She tries to smooth out the creases and apologizes out loud. The photo is put in one of the kitchen drawers and they go back to bed. Okay, yet again, I am getting the chills. And I, I hate this story, but my sister picked it out. I'd have to read it. Um, also, I do realize it's been 10 minutes and I still have three more stories. Anyway, the story continues with, after that, my auntie would still get woken up every now and then by the sounds of cupboard doors banging, but she never went to investigate. Just the old woman voicing her displeasure again. They moved out a couple of years ago and left a note to the new owner saying to leave the photo in the kitchen drawer. Oh, okay, the first comment that I see is, there is no such thing as ghosts. Read a book to understand what you were dealing with. Okay, um, that's the second story, and now the third one is called Creepy Story. The perfect title. Absolutely perfect title. Story begins with, in 2017, me and my friend Ethan went to an abandoned place that used to be an asylum. We like to explore abandoned places. It was in Epsom, Surrey, England, if you want to see for yourself. Pretty much because I was staying at this house, we could stay out late, and as his parents weren't strict at all. We walked for about an hour and arrived at the place. It was big, scary, and ripe for exploring. Oh, oh my gosh, I- I'm reading ahead, and I get the chills. Um, anyways. Yeah, um. Sorry continues. I- I'm just gonna keep on saying that. I don't- I don't care if it annoys you guys. <laughs> um. Pretty much, cause I was- Oh, wait, um. It was big, scary, and ripe for exploring. So, we did. We went- So, we did. We went- all throughout the building through dark, dark run-down corridors. Near the right side of the asylum is a collapsed part jutting from the main building, which has a little bit you could crawl through to get into a wine cellar. It was pitch black inside and pretty big. We weren't making much noise, because we were kinda shook about the whole abandoned wine cellar. We were looking through with our phone torches. It was just a big stone room with nothing but rubble and black bags, and it stunk really bad, so we left. So we left, um, going outside, we went out to the front of the building and heard a rustle coming from the roof, and a light flash. Because it was well known, we assumed someone was just chilling on the roof, but instead it was a fire. It pretty much destroyed the whole building when we went back. The only thing that scared me was is that the fire started when we were in, when we were in the cellar, and someone must have been hiding from us because we didn't see anyone or hear or know of anyone nearby. I've always thought that he was trying to kill us. This is a repost from a different subreddit because I wanted to share it here too. Okay, now I'm getting scared. Um, I- I hate this, but yet I kinda... Mm. <laughs> Yeah, um, I'm kind of scared now, but luckily I can always just go over to my sister if I get too scared. Um, anyways, next story. I went to a serial killer's lair. (laughs) Okay, um, one moment, I'm gonna pause the recording with a single snap. Okay, and I'm back, um, my sister didn't want to read this. Okay, um, the story begins with- Hello, redditors. Here is a story I have never told anyone, partly because elements of the story are just not appropriate in most social situations. As a result, I've locked this away in my memory and I rarely ever think about it. Okay, it already says fair warning, um, this story does involve some sketchy, um, situations, but or some sketchy um, sexual situations, but do not describe any actual sexual acts. That's what it says I should read out, so I'm going to. And another disclaimer, <laughs> I am completely aware that this story involved me being very stupid and careless. I am not going to inject these acknowledgments into the story, but rest assured that in hindsight, I am aware of the foolishness that took place, and I don't need to be chilled on that topic. Now, where to begin? The year was approximately 1998 or 1999. I was a young man in my early 20s, living in a medium-sized city, a medium-sized city in the Midwestern US. This was sort of an in-between transitional time for people, it were most populous areas, we had enough respect to live openly, but there was still plenty of people who did not like us. It was well before the invention of smartphones, and the internet was still in the early stages of mass adoption. There were large communities online, but it was not yet at the point where most Americans were online. Online socialization consisted of chat rooms hosted by various servers like AOL, Yahoo, or IRC servers, and message boards were still in use by large numbers of people. For um, um for oh, I just realized, you keep, for gay men at that time, it was nothing short of revolutionary. Prior to the internet and to the broader cultural changes. Gay men had been struck looking for fun in secretive and/or shady places, due to the inability to freely express ourselves. In the '90s, it was still somewhat risky, but the internet offered a way to talk freely and and relatively anonymously, without the risk of being outed or worse. For this reason, it really took off in the um. Just gonna say G in the G communities and G men were really. Large part of the user bases for these social platforms, suddenly very easy and, rel- and r- easy and relatively safe to find dates, f- to find dates, friends, or just friends. I'm just gonna say, and it quickly became the norm for a lot of gene men. On the other hand, being such a new communication tool for most people, we were sometimes blind to the risks. Uh, being an attractive man, young in my prime. I made the liberal use of using online communities to find dates. That is to say, I had plenty of hookups. My city had a decent number of chat rooms and personal message boards, and I had mostly great experiences. I met the typical assortment of good of good people, um, weird people, and we're more weird people that you would expect. Um, they weren't a word I can't say by most standards, but suffice to say that a. I can't read that either. Um, could generally get a lot more days in your. T- okay, never mind. Can't read that until your paragraph. Skipping it! At some point during this time, it had been a brief chat on a message board with a guy from my city. I forgot his scream name, it's been over 20 years. So let's call him SlimGuy65. This back and forth had happened on a general thread in the G section, not in private messages, so it was visible to anyone who chose to read that thread. Nothing had come of it, but about a week later, I received an email from an unrecognized address. The email basically said, Hey, I'm, I'm not G, and I don't agree with the, with the G lifestyle. I'm here because my friend met this um, person from the message board, and the guy really hurt him. I don't want to see this happen to anyone else. My friend just tried to tell the police, but they wouldn't do anything. I see you were talking to him, so just be careful and stay away. Okay. I mean, that's strange, but what does this person mean by really hurt him? Was his heart broken? Did he get beaten up or or verbally abused, or what? I responded to the email asking for clarification on what exactly happened. I never received a response. I was slightly weirded out by it, but on the other hand, it's an anonymous email from someone who who doesn't respond and is vague about their warning. It could be anything. Could be from some disgruntled ex trying to mess with the guy. Could be a real warning about um, about someone. Can't read that. Could be someone trolling who doesn't have anything to do with anyone. I kept it in the back of my mind, but pretty much shrugged it off. Um. Oh my gosh! This. How long is this thread? This <laughs> is gonna. Work. Okay, I can't read this. It's too long. Holy crap. Well, um, yeah, this is like, t- way too long. Um, sorry, but I have to skip it. Um, mm. Next one is called, A Ouija Board Experience. One night, me and my co-workers decided to play with an Ouija board outside of work. We talked to a girl named Quinn, who said she was a demon. She seemed pretty cool till towards the end of talking to her, we decided that we needed to head home because it was like 2am, but she wouldn't let us say goodbye. Until we promised that if we ever used the Ouija board again that we would talk to her. About a week later, the place where we where we worked caught on fire. So a few days after that, we go to the lake and we use the Ouija board again and ask for Quinn. We asked if she started the fire, and she told us that she did. Then it seemed like Queen got scared or overpowered because the board started acting up. Spelled- okay, I can't really say that. Yeah, I'm getting scared again. I keep on feeling like there's something behind me. Um, spelled something and started counting backwards. We quickly said goodbye and moved the- and moved the planchette to... Um, goodbye. About two weeks later, I was driving to my friend's house. I should mention this friend was a girl I was seeing at the time, and she was she was cheating and using me. I did not know this at the time. I guess Quinn knew because she seemed mad, protecting and jealous when me and my friends mentioned this girl's name the first time we used an Ouija board. So on the way to her house, I hydroplaned and flipped my truck. I have to add the Ouija board. I have to add the Ouija board is in the truck. Some people driving down the road stopped to help get the door open, and I climbed up and out. When the cops arrived, they made sure I was okay, and they said, t- t- and they said they had to write me a ticket just because of the accident. I don't have the ticket anymore because it happened about four years ago. But the address I did the accident was Route six six six, Virginia. Okay, yeah, bye bye. Um, that was creepy. Can't wait to listen to this again. Yay. Okay, episode new. I'm sorry. I'm not okay. Um, thank you for listening to this new po- for this new episode of my podcast. And I'm currently recording this at 1 a.m. Um, hope you had a good time listening to this. And see you next time. Bye bye.